But first, as you've been hearing here on WBEZ, J.B. Pritzker is officially kicking off round two as Illinois governor. Pritzker was sworn in for his second term yesterday. And in his 25-minute inaugural address, he laid out an agenda that he described as, quote, as ambitious and bold as our people are. What exactly does that mean? Well, for this governor, it includes free college for working families, expansion on abortion access, making preschool available for all, and getting the assault weapons ban passed this week. Here with analysis of what 2023 will bring for Governor Pritzker and Illinois lawmakers is WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney. Hey, Dave, welcome back. Hey, Sasha, how are you? Doing well. So before we get to the governor's second term priorities, Dave, we've got to talk about how today is actually the last day of the lame duck session in Springfield. Lawmakers must be laser focused right now. So talk about the top items on the agenda today. Well, that's right, because tomorrow is the day that the new General Assembly gets sworn in for another two year cycle. And and there's this rush, uh, you know, leading up to that point to get a lot of last minute things done. And this year, uh, as we mentioned in the, the lead up here to this broadcast, the, the assault weapons ban passed the Senate. Uh, it's still awaiting a House vote. Uh, that's that's a top priority of the governor and the legislative leaders. It's something Pritzker laid out in his, his uh, inaugural address yesterday. And then the other thing that's out there hanging is is an abortion rights package that you know aims to uh, basically safeguard uh, you know medical providers and patients from any kind of penalties that that out of state. Uh, you know, that might come from out of state, from states that that ban the procedure. So that thing is is out there still. And I, I, the sense is that that will come together and pass. But there, there's still a few, uh, few wrinkles with that that they're trying to work out. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the assault weapons ban, which was passed yesterday as well. But there was some give and take between lawmakers to make it happen, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was something that kind of, uh, you, you know, the, the action, the, the Illinois House took action on this last, uh, I believe, Friday. And so it was out there hanging for the weekend. And we weren't really clear what the Senate posture toward it was going to be. I mean, of course, Senate President Don Harmon, an Oak Park Democrat, I mean, he's long been a champion of gun control. So, I mean, the thought was that there would be some kind of uh, you know, that there'd be, uh, it would be an easy go through the Senate. And in the end, it was a fairly easy go through the Senate. They made some minor tweaks to the, to the, uh, legislation that came over from the house. They, they actually, uh, pre- you know, prepared a new bill that, as I mentioned, goes over to the house, but it, you know, it, it deals with, uh, uh, you know, there was an expansion of the, the number of, of and types of guns that were covered. I mean, primarily it's, you know, when you're talking about long guns, it's those that have a capacity to shoot more than 10 rounds. And for handguns, it's more than 15 rounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so that's on its way to the House. It looks like it's, uh, you know, it, it, there, there's no doubt that that will pass the House. Well, let's add another voice to this conversation, Dave. We've got Tina Svondelis with us, chief political reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. Hey, Tina, welcome. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining. So sticking with this uh, assault weapons ban bill, uh, the governor gave his support for it in his inaugural speech yesterday. Let's listen to a bit of that. Now, I'm a firm believer that government functions best when we look for compromise. But I'm done with the NRA having its way when it comes to mass shootings. Why do we allow anyone to easily purchase a rapid-fire, high-capacity weapon that can kill dozens of unarmed people in under a minute? Now this bill goes to the Illinois House. Tina, any idea when it will be voted on? Uh, Well, they're just coming back to session right about now, um, around noon. Um, They they should 
try to take it up later this afternoon. We're also watching for um, an abortion provision. So those are the two main bills that they're hoping to pass in the last day of the lame duck session. Will it hold up to legal challenges from gun rights groups? That is very unclear. If you listen to the Senate debate yesterday, Don Harmon, the Senate president, is the sponsor in the, in the Senate. And he just said, we'll see you in court. They still think that even if it is ruled unconstitutional, that could take a long time. It could be years. And the advocates believe that even if, um, you know, these guns are off the street for one to three years, however long it takes um, for the Supreme Court to rule, that it'll be worth it. Well, another agenda item for lawmakers today is expanding abortion access. As as Dave mentioned earlier, the governor also reiterated his strong support for abortion rights in that address yesterday. Let's listen. One thing last year proved is that if given the chance, a bunch of right-wing judges and legislators will take away women's rights. Well, Illinois spoke loudly and decisively in 2022 and declared that in the land of Lincoln, we trust women. The right to privacy and bodily autonomy demand that we establish a constitutional protection for reproductive rights in Illinois. The extremists still want to take away a woman's right to choose, and I don't intend to let them. That's why, yet again, on women's rights, Illinois will lead. So there's a piece of legislation that would expand abortion protections. Tina, fill us in on this Patient and Provider Protection Act. This is one of those bills where they had a working group for several months and they wanted to, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, they wanted to make sure that everything um, was on the books, that that they could have more legal protections. So this is one of those things where they said that they were going to expand the scope of medical professionals who can perform abortions. And that is not um, abortions that require anesthesia. It's the aspiration uh, abortions, which are the most commonly performed abortions. Um, And so that would be advanced uh, nurses and different types of doctors that could perform it. Um, There's also there are a bunch of kind of legal provisions in there as well. There's a part in there that has been controversial just in the language and that um, they would help uh, for gender affirming care. They would help pay the Mm copay of those medications. So that's been kind of a sticking point for definitely for Republicans, but for some Democrats as well. Um, they want they want to make sure that gender affirming care, that language is in the bill and not taken out. And senators were looking at just having a more broad title for that type of medication. Dave, lawmakers also passed a budget bill that benefits them, right? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was something that popped as well. And uh, Sasha, I would back up a little bit on, on the abortion thing to throw something else into the mix here, too, before we talk about the pay raises. Uh, in, in Pritzker's budget or in his inaugural speech, he he prioritized a constitutional amendment that would enshrine abortion rights. And so, you know, that's a big priority for him. We don't know exactly what that would entail, but, but it, it, it would most likely, uh, you know, the next time that it would, it would go for a, a vote would be in 2024, uh, a presidential election. So, you know, there's sort of political ramifications that go along with that, but that is a big priority of his. And, and so abortion has got a multifaceted uh, kind of, uh, presence in Springfield right now. And as far as those pay raises go, uh, yeah. this, this was something that, that was part of a broader uh, spending increase package that, that came through. 
the, the pay raise piece of it would raise up base pay for legislators to $85,000 a year. Uh, for, for constitutional officers like the governor, the comptroller, the treasurer, their pay would go up to a, a standard rate of 160000 well, 161000 And then the secretary of state and general or attorney general would be at 183000 mm-hmm. And And the, the proponents of that say that it, it, you know, it's been a while since uh, everybody got a raise there, uh, that the, there needs to be, a, 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 you know, it, it, uh, people who are not uh, just wealthy. There, there needs to be room for them to serve there as well. Of course, opponents, the Republicans all uh, piled on against this. They couldn't stop it. But one of them called it Christmas in January for legislators. So pretty controversial thing done in the lame duck session on pay raises. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We're discussing what is on the legislative agenda for Springfield in 2023 with Dave McKinney, WBEZ state politics reporter, and Tina Svondalis, chief political reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times. So I want to get back to yesterday's inaugural address. What stood out for each of you when it comes to the issues that the governor's eyeing for his second term? You first, Dave. Well, I mean, you, you know, he, he laid out the, uh, the items that we've talked about here, that abortion uh, constitutional amendment I mentioned uh, is a big one. Uh, the idea of free college for working families. There wasn't really any description how you define a working class family, uh, but, but it sounds like it would be something that would be income based. Um, you know, an expansion of child care. Uh, those are priorities of his. I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the speech itself, I, you know, Pritzker's a history buff. And one of the little things in there that, uh, that stood out to me was how, you know, he, he, he invoked uh, a former two-term governor from the, the uh, early 1940s, Dwight Green, a Republican, who was, was Illinois' governor during the span of World War II. And I think he kind of you know, kind of likened what what he went through in the first term, he Pritzker, uh, with the pandemic and losing, you know, tens of thousands of Illinoisans to the to the coronavirus. Uh, you know, Green was was a tough cookie. I mean, he he basically you know preached the need to be strong, and and so that was that that was a reference that he made in the speech that that uh, you know caught my ear a little bit, just because I love history and and uh, yeah. I know he's a big fan of it. Tina, what stood out uh, to you? I- what I thought was interesting was it was it was very Illinois centric. We have seen these really fiery political speeches from Pritzker, and we've heard the rumors that he might want to run for president. So we've seen a lot of that. We've seen a lot of anti-Trump speeches, and this was not a, really a political speech. I think it was intended to be just like that, just as Dave said about Illinois history. It was pretty reflective. He talked about a COVID nineteen nurse that died. He talked about all the people who died. Um, I also thought it was interesting that it was it was very optimistic. It wasn't um, an inaugural address where you t- you tick off all of Illinois' problems and say, oh, God, and everything's horrible, which we have heard before. Um, so those are the types of things that I thought stuck out. And also, as Dave said, with that education plan, everyone's like, hey, wait a second, how do we do that? How do we have, you know, uh, higher education, college tuition for free? And all they're saying right now is that, you know, he this is part of his bold four-year plan. Things will not happen quickly, but that we might see some of this in the budget this year yeah. to try to get that goal. It was Illinois-centric, although he did talk about a national issue. He addressed the rise in hate speech and intolerance. Hate needs two things to thrive. The sense of helplessness that fertilizes hopelessness and the willingness of powerful people to cower in front of a lie. Illinois, we have power and we have hope and a genuine goodness that is rooted in being the place in this country to which all people can come and live free. We must recognize that hate can wield enormous strength. 
But we must remember the fortitude with which we have always confronted it. So did yesterday's inaugural speech give rise to any speculation about national political ambitions for the governor, Tina? I still think we're in that limbo land of if President Biden runs again, he will he will step down. He has his people and he has said that he told Biden personally that he would not run against him. So we're waiting for that. We're waiting to see what Biden's decision is. I do think if he doesn't run, it is a possibility. And um, I do think that the things that he's doing uh, are, you know, he does want that national spotlight. So even yesterday, getting Bruno Mars, like there are things that he's doing (laughs) to try to get that national spotlight. Dave? Well, yeah, I mean, I I think it's right now I would say those presidential plans are on hold, as Tina mentioned, because we don't know. Uh, we, we haven't seen any signs at the moment that Biden is not going to seek re-election. He's, he's said publicly that that's his plan. And, and I think uh, Pritzker is kind of just, as, as are many other Democrats across the country that might be eyeing the White House, they're kind of stuck in place while Biden uh, is out there seeking a second term. We'll leave it there. That's WBEZ state politics reporter Dave McKinney and Chicago Sun-Times chief political correspondent Tina Spondelis. Thank you 